Hey everyone, it's Pastor Linder on a Thursday morning, and we uh, did not get a chance to have our session last night recorded, so I want to give you a version of it, and uh, we'll just hope that some of what was included will, will make it here onto this morning's recording. Luke chapter 17, verse 1, the scripture says, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible that but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. Again, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says, but woe unto him through whom they come. And the lesson was entitled, is entitled, Disciples, Disciples. The very first sentence, part of that verse references who Jesus is speaking to and we recognize that word to be a follower of Jesus and I know there is context in chapter 17 and we'll get to that here in a few moments but there's obviously the overall concept of being a follower of the Lord and I want to highlight and identify some of the things related to that for a few moments here and I do believe that it is a challenging time for individuals who are believers to move against the culture, to move against even in the Christian culture. There has become such an attitude of you just kind of identify a lane where you can travel. Uh, you know, there's some things that some people believe and things that others believe. And, you know, that's good for you. You hear these kind of things. That's okay for you, but this is the way I uh, believe and how I honor the Lord. I understand these type of things will never go away, but I do think a disciple, a follower of Jesus has to arrive at the place where you decide, I'm not going to just seek out a lane of life that appeals to me because of what I find comfortable or what I find uh, beneficial to me personally. I want to live my life doing life God's way. And that is such a, an important determination to make and to renew it over and over and over. And I want to take this this first part of what Jesus says in Luke 17 and 1 and, and kind of in a general way apply it. He says it is impossible that offenses will come. Absolutely. And one way of looking at this phrase and even that word offenses, I know that there are, are some applications, things that make us stumble, uh, even the actual word offense, things that offend us. Uh, so many different ways to look at this, but in a more general sense, I would like to, like to look at it this way. There will always be something. In fact, one translation says it this way, there will always be temptations. There will always be something that can get in your way of trying to be a disciple of Jesus. There'll always be something. Distraction, uh, actual temptation, actual issues and circumstances, crisis moments of life. If you are setting out to follow the Lord, there will always be something that could potentially move you off of your course. And we have got to live with a, a made-up mind and a commitment to God that, that simply says, and we used to say it uh, in a song years ago, I started out, but I'm going to finish this race. 
I'm going to finish this race that I've begun. And, and if you're going to be successful, you will have to follow Christ through various circumstances in all kinds of seasons, and you will have to reject over and over the temptations, the things that can move you away from God's purpose. Our goal is to increase in our knowledge of God, to understand more and more every day what he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. We want to grow in our faith and grow in our vision and grow in our fruitfulness uh, so that what God has poured into us can flow through us and allow his purpose to be what we experience. We must be committed followers of Jesus, adopting his ways as our ways, looking to the word of God and letting it be a genuine, authentic authority in our lives. Because at some point, you're going to realize the culture is not affirming God's word. Sometimes even the Christian culture where there is so much compromise and, and trying to water down the truth, the principles of God's word. At some point, you're going to have to say, I made a decision to adopt God's ways as my own way. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do his will in my life. There will always be something that would challenge you and you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to move through with a faith in God and a boldness to do his will. You and I, there's no doubt about it. You know uh, more than anyone else where you're at in your walk with God at this moment, your spiritual health. You know if you're praying or not. You know if you're worshiping or not. We know if we're connected to the body and really, really pouring our hearts into what God has called us to be. No one has to come and try to analyze that for us. We know and we can be, in some cases, our own worst enemy because we, we don't protect and guard against the things that we know cause us to be less effective in our walk with God. Jesus told a group of people, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He told his disciples that. And so even in that simple principle, that's obviously... Uh, very simple to describe, but much more complex in application because we are tempted. There is always something uh, that would sometimes keep us from putting God first in our lives. But the reality is, you know if God is first. You don't need a pastor or a leader to come by and, and walk through a counseling session with you or some experience where you're just trying to dive deep into the scripture. Nothing wrong with those things. But you know if God is first in your life. And 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 we understand we're, we're seasoned enough in life, no matter who you are in this room, even a brand new Christian would understand in, in, the, in the most basic way how I put God first. Did I pray? Did I worship? Am I involved? Am I giving? Does God have the first priority in my talent, my time, my treasure? You understand, and maybe application at times, certainly, we need grace, we need strength, we need more understanding and even more recognition of, of who we are and where we are in our lives. But the reality is, at a very basic level, we know if what we're doing and how we're living is causing us to grow is causing us to become more like the Lord and experience more of his will, or we recognize that we've got something or maybe many things that are blocking our progress. 
And that's when we need to be honest and say, God, give me the grace. Search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Help me to move forward in my walk with you and experience your will. In a session yesterday afternoon, I, I don't know if I even mentioned this last night, but it comes to mind now. We need to invite conviction back into our lives. Not condemnation. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But conviction is healthy. We need that voice of the Spirit and even our own conscience given to us by God to prompt us when we're not honoring God in the way that we know to honor Him. When conviction comes, it helps us because we respond with a broken heart and a spirit that says, Lord, I want to be right. And we repent. And when we repent, God immediately forgives us. And then following that prayer should be fruit of that repentance, actions that change. All of that is prompted by conviction. We need to invite conviction back into our lives. You and I know now because we see it. In our culture, we even see it play out in various aspects, places like social media and conversations and sometimes even the life flow of, of the church and congregations. The, the way that we now react when a preacher or a teacher or even someone well-meaning mentions something, a principle from God's word, and when it strikes at our hearts in, in a way that 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 does not make us comfortable when we hear it and we realize wow that if that's right then I'm wrong we are so quick to to bristle and and to reject it and say well that's just an opinion or that's not the way I read it in the word of God or or yes maybe that's in the word of God but that really doesn't apply to my situation we need conviction back in our lives where our simple response is not rejecting the word but simply saying, God, I want to be right with you. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to be willing to let the word of God be your guide. Let it be where you receive direction. And definitely at times, as necessary, correction. Just being a part of a church family is not enough. Just having an awareness of church culture and even religious tradition is not enough. If you want to be a disciple, you have to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And it is so challenging. When everybody wants to do their own thing in this generation, it's very challenging for people to adopt the mindset of a follower of Jesus Christ, to seek out a relationship with him, very personal, very real, very active, Everyday communication, everyday acknowledging God's presence, everyday looking to the scripture for guidance, a, a healthy level of self-awareness where you're, you're allowing the spirit to uh, open your eyes to areas of your life where there's need for change, need for progress, need for maturity and reactions that are not right and attitudes that are not right and, and spirits that we allow to move into our lives at times. If we're not careful, we need a healthy awareness of how to address those things through prayer and fasting and the word and even accountability, a, 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 a regular confession of, of sin that comes and goes and, and dealing with that in a healthy way, a, a regular uh, interaction with, with the people of God and systematic participation, strategic, really aligning your life in such a manner where you say, no, I, I want to be a part of the work of God. I want to be involved. I want to find out how I can have 
a part in what God is doing in the earth today. Being a follower of Jesus is no small thing. And it's not an easy thing. I go back to Luke chapter 17 and that simple concept. There will always be something. Count on it. If there's something uh, that you're looking for by way of a reason or an excuse not to follow, you don't have to look very hard. It will be there. And yet the apostle in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the apostle Paul writes to Timothy and says, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. He's making a point that we don't want to miss. He's saying it's not enough to start, but we need to finish our course as disciples of Jesus Christ. We must learn to continue, and there is pressure. Again, there's always something that can keep you from following the Lord and being devoted to His purpose honoring his word. There will always be something. And yet you've got to decide, I'm going to do life God's way. Every scripture is given by inspiration of God. We start looking at what it means to be a disciple and we recognize we cannot go in a direction opposite the word of God and still be a disciple. We don't have the luxury of taking the scripture and applying portions that are comfortable and convenient and rejecting those things that we just don't feel we can follow through on. We must ask God for the grace, the anointing, the understanding, the wisdom, certainly the power of the Spirit, (coughs) pardon me, to follow through, to be what God wants us to be, to honor His Word. When He corrects me, I need to receive that the right way. I need to respond the right way. I need to have an attitude that says, Lord, search me and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me to the way that is everlasting. Lead me to the way that honors God and his purpose. I mentioned to someone earlier uh, yesterday in 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 a Bible study, I said, if we left this building here on Lancaster Avenue and We went down to Main Street, and we had agreed that we would go over to Canal Winchester together. And and I said, we got to that light, and you made the right, but I made the left. And you started to see me go further and further off in the distance going eastward while you headed in the direction that we had talked about. It would become very clear to you, no matter what I had said, no matter what we had agreed to, no matter what the plan was, I was obviously not going where you were going. We were no longer together. We were no longer doing the same thing. And that is so important. It's a simple illustration. But on a Sunday, you can speak in tongues and rejoice in the Lord. But when you begin to live your life, if you go in an opposite direction than the Word of God or His will for your life, you are not traveling together any longer. You are not moving along a line that would identify you as a follower of Jesus. And and what is the definition to follow him, to honor his word, to do life God's way? Plenty of direction. Uh, I don't I don't want to go through uh, all kinds of examples, but there are certainly some that come to mind. 
We can have in our heart a revelation of the things of God, and yet that revelation has to be built upon with actions of faith and obedience. We started out, and we need to finish our course, finish this race that we have begun applying ourselves to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to follow him. I would say to you, if repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, speaking with other tongues as the evidence of that infilling, if it was important at the beginning, it's still God's way now. If living a life separated from the world, embracing holiness and ongoing sanctification by the word of God was important at the beginning, it's still God's way now. If having an attitude that relates to other people with love and compassion and has the ability because of the spirit to forgive offenses and faults and to somehow move through even difficult circumstances with people with the attitude and love of Christ. If it was important at the beginning, it is still God's way now to be a worshiper, to be someone of prayer, to be a giver, to have an attitude of a servant, to live with a sense of purpose and destiny as it relates to doing God's will and and even reaching out to those that don't know the Lord. If all of that mattered at the beginning, it is still God's way now. The culture has pushed in a different direction. Even uh, the church world has embraced so much compromise. Even simple, basic things. The definition of family. The distinction of genders. The way that we live life in a manner that honors God's purpose in sexuality, in morality, in the things that we know have been proven time and time again to be scripturally sound, fundamental principles that God ordained for his people to understand to be the way he wanted them to live life. If all of those things mattered at the beginning, it is still God's way now. And what's happening is you and I are feeling the pressure of the culture. And instead of submitting to God's righteousness, his way, we have a zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. It's just us trying to do what's right in our own eyes, and it never works. We must do life God's way. And I don't want to leave you with just the challenge. I want to give you a prescription because when you go back to Luke chapter 17 and you see the way he was addressing these disciples, I've mentioned a few principles as we've moved along. And even Jesus in this description in Luke 17, he identified something very straightforward for them. And you can look at the tension as it kind of settles over the conversation. It's something very practical. In Luke chapter 17, in the second half of verse 3, he says, If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. So in this little snapshot, the Bible is giving us an example of Jesus identifying one 
countercultural way of living life, if you will, because everything within us rebels against the idea this person has taken advantage of me. They have wronged me. They have offended me. Oh, sure, I'd forgive them once, and as long as they walk the line the rest of the way, I'll live with that, and I'll, I probably will never forget it, but I'll, I'll at least overlook it and move on. And Jesus is presenting a way of doing life that so blows away the cultural paradigm and simply says I want you to keep forgiving them. They keep coming back to you and asking for forgiveness. You keep forgiving them. And and that has to be a moment where tension is settling over those disciples. We want to follow you Lord. We want to be disciples but these sayings, it's like the sayings that Jesus has given to the multitude and they've drifted away and the crowds are leaving and dissipating and Jesus turns to the closest to him and says will you go away also and the disciples say no where would we go you have the words of eternal life who else are we going to go to and you can feel the tension that as he gives them prescriptions about life including this one just keep forgiving people Uh, There's a tension there. How do we do this? How do we live this way? This is so opposite the way of the world. And so they offer a prayer. And it's the prayer that we should offer today and every day. They say to the Lord, increase our faith. And that is my encouragement to you. In the face of what is a challenge that you may be experiencing today, There's always something that would stall our progress in the work of God and the ongoing maturity of being a follower, a disciple of Christ and growing and letting the right attitudes take hold, letting the right uh, priorities take hold. In the ongoing struggle, even against our flesh and the spirits of this age, I would beg of you to practice regularly, not only the prayer of repentance, but this prayer of request that says, God, Increase our faith because we know we're going to have to follow you and the only way to follow you. Without faith, it is impossible. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh God, increase our faith. When I don't want to forgive, increase my faith. When I don't want to serve, increase my faith. When I don't want to be a worshiper, a giver, a person of prayer, a person of love and compassion, a person of sacrifice, and a person that puts kingdom business before self-interest. When I'm struggling with these things, oh God, increase my faith. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to experience your will. I want to see your work accomplished in my life. But God, I need faith. God, increase my faith. I believe the Lord will answer that prayer. I believe he'll hear your cry. I believe it really is a request you should insert into your regular routine. Almighty God, give me the measure of faith I need today. I don't want to live life just dissolving to this low level of living, uh, not praying bold prayers, uh, not stepping out in a way that allows the purpose of God to flow through my life supernaturally, constantly giving into temptations, uh, uh, small and large, just letting my life be pushed around by the spirits of this age and the desires of my carnal nature. Oh God, increase my faith.
Let me be a disciple. Let me be a follower. I, I want you to know God's going to answer that prayer. I want you to know that you can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You can overcome. In fact, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We can live for God. We can do his work. We can accomplish his will. The moment you feel that resistance, you see something in the word of God. You see something that you need to change. You feel in the spirit conviction, that blessed gift of conviction to prompt us to turn our hearts back to the right direction. When you feel that tension about how to follow through, pray it and believe it and receive the miracle of the measure of faith that you need to overcome. God's going to lead you. God's going to bless you. And I pray it in Jesus' name for you today, the measure of faith you need to see the purpose of God, to make your calling and election sure, to do the will of God in every part of your lives. I pray that measure of faith in the name of Jesus. And I bless you appreciate you taking the time to listen. Be encouraged today and know that God is for you and you will overcome in Jesus' name.